morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third and final hour of the Live with the Rank program. If you would like to join us, there's a room for you, and lines are open, 269-441-9595. There was an editorial that I agreed with with the Detroit News on Rhodes. Whitmer made the promise she owns the failure, and they're saying that uh, she did nothing to improve our roads. When she started this campaign about fixing our roads, about 40% were in bad shape, and today 40% are in bad shape. Now, what the left will do is they say, we'll try. We tried. We asked for our, our – and I'm just speculating. If I remember it being – I don't know if it was 17 – Maybe it was 17, 18, 19% our state income, excuse me, our state tax for a gallon of gas. She wanted to increase it 45%. So from 17, 18, 19 to 64% a gallon. That is not a serious, a 200 and something percent increase on taxes is not a serious try to get it fixed because otherwise i would say hey she tried and she couldn't get it past the the republican controlled house and senate sitting there and trying to get them to vote for a 260 percent or whatever it was increase is is not fair come on that's not trying and the detroit news say that she should be held accountable for that then we uh, we've got a lot of uh, education stuff popped up over the weekend student debt lo- looms over michiganders as two-year pause nears may 1st deadlines and these kids who own, these young adults who owe all this money don't want to pay it. And part of the reason say they say they can't pay it is because the Biden economy is so bad, they can't afford anything. And they're talking about inflation, the cost of energy, and what have you. Then we went into students could dump SAT scores on transcripts on our new Michigan House bill. So apparently, even if a school didn't ask, a school being a college or a university, didn't ask for your SATs. It came along with your transcript because it was a law that it was put on the transcript. Other states don't don't demand that or don't have that. So they thought it put Michigan kids at a disadvantage. So they want to get rid of that. That is debatable. Okay. But they also wanted to get rid of any essay portion of any test. And that, my friends, is where I was able to agree with a State rep, Cynthia Johnson. Oh, my God. Is that the cuckoo one, too? Is that the one who uh, threatened to kill Trump supporters? Is that that Cynthia Johnson? Oh, my. Well, I got to agree. She's right about this. If that's the same Cynthia Johnson who threatened to kill, harm, maim. Remember, she's the one told her soldiers they know what to do. Back because of her threats against Republicans, she was knocked out of her, her committee uh, seats. Oh, man. Well, I got to say, she's right about this one, that there should be a writing more writing in it. I agree. I do a lot of writing, and sometimes I struggle. I wish I was better at it. And then we went on to the now new litany of uh, articles you'll see where it talks about these kids uh, of color, students of color, ninth graders, more likely to be held back in school in Michigan. Yet they don't say anything about it. Why? Or I shouldn't say why. They don't say that it's due to their bad schooling. 
bad public schools that are in uh, here in the state of Michigan. They don't say that, well, it's actually racist because the white kids who are failing, they get promoted. Black and Latinos who are failing don't get promoted because then they would be right. There would be a reason to point that out. As I state all the time when I come across these types of articles, be aware, be very aware of what they're doing. And then we went into, or we'll go into this, one in five high schoolers considered suicide during the pandemic. Over half suffered emotional abuse by the politicians, the unions, and their teachers that supported it, keeping them out of class. That's sad. More proof of what we talked about. Let's go to the phone lines, though. Charles from Kalamazoo has been waiting for a bit. Uh, Good morning, Charles, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, I just wanted to go on a little bit on that uh, holding a kid back uh, because they're not of grade level reading or whatever on that. Um, I noticed before the break you were talking about that. So how they were basically uh, not of grade level reading and then uh, somebody was saying to promote them into the next grade anyways right a researcher for michigan university of michigan said that it's if a kid can't read and can't do math and you hold them back because of that in the long run that hurts them academically so by pushing them to the next grade promoting to them the next grade when they're not able to read write or do math will actually help them in the long run academically is what she's saying. Okay. Holding them back, and uh, it depends on the student. I, I'm not against holding back, um, but the biggest thing is that if the student is getting held back, one of the things that they need to combat is the fact that he's going to be uh, having trouble because automatically he's going to shut down, he or she, uh, it's going to shut down when he's already knowing that stuff. He just refuses to do it. And then that installs, why am I doing this? I'm if you push him forward. On. Charles, hold on. I don't understand what you just said. He knows how to do it, but he refuses to do it. So that's why he's doing uh, poorly in class. Because, well, the points that are low, where that's why he's not at grade level, he or she is not at grade level, isn't getting emphasis on it. Because now they're just putting them through the whole, it's easier just to say, oh, redo the whole grade over. And then he's going to retain some of that last grade. Well, now he's going to be stuck being in a grade that he knows a lot of the stuff in. Or over the summer, he ended up retaining, oh, that's what they meant by that kind of stuff that he may have failed, he or she. And that will now put him in a whole grade where he's not pushing himself or teaching him or getting into a grade that anyone's actually encouraging what he was weak in. All right, so I think I understand what you're saying. You're saying that let's say he's bad in a couple subjects and due to that they hold him back, but if they do go move forward in uh, and he's held back, I should say, those other subjects that he's proficient at, he won't get any better at. Is no, that- like in uh, just reading and writing, let's just say that. He's slow on spelling part, but he can read really well, but he can't spell the stuff. 
but they're holding him back because he's not able to spell on that stuff on how, but he's able to read. Now he's not going to be able to advance in his reading. I don't think anybody is saying if they're not good at spelling, they should be held back. It's reading and comprehending what you read and being able to do basic mathematics or at least to accomplish whatever grade you're in because the next grade is going to be harder. So or, I, I, or yeah. like mathematics on the uh, that aspect, my daughter on that one aspect can comprehend everything up to maybe fractions. Well, that fraction part ends up being pulling her back, but now she's not being able to advance in any of that other part of mathematics because now she has to do a whole grade of mathematics and everything else. So what would you propose they do when a student is failing at something? What would you propose? Add another hour of special pinpoint where you're failing at in that subject to school. Well, I, I don't yeah. have a problem with uh, bringing tutoring in uh, to help students in specific areas and, and then retesting them to see if there are, uh, you know, if, if, if let's say even if you do it in the summer, retesting them at the end of that period. And if they've actually mastered it, then let them move along with the rest of them. But that takes work and nobody really wants to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just easier to hey, throw them back in the next grade. What I think is even more important is get rid of grades and, and age levels and all that and look more at what they're actually accomplishing. And so you could have freshmen and seniors in the same math class, let's say, because that's what they... I am actually trying that with my homeschooling. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I totally I, understand that. That's why homeschooling, I think, is a lot better because they don't look at that right. aspect of greater age. They look at what's the kid. Okay. All right, Charles. Thanks a lot for calling in, holding on. I appreciate that. Two six nine four four one nine five nine five. I'm not saying we shouldn't do anything. I hope uh, I'm glad he called in because it gives me the ability to make sure you guys know. I'm not saying that at all. There's tutoring that Let Michigan Kids Learn is trying to get, to uh, establish where private people will help those kids. The left doesn't want that. They don't want tutoring for these kids. That's paid from that uh, fund. Why? Because they lose control, I guess. I brought it up last week. One guy was saying, well, I'm all for it if the state does it. Oh, yeah, it was that that professor. Again, This one was from Michigan State last week. Here's from Michigan saying that academically, if you move a kid forward when they're not able to read or write, in the long run, they'll be better. I, I, I need help trying to understand that one. So there's tutoring, I think, that can happen, and that could happen either after school or in the summer, and then retest them. And if they're up to snuff on the reading or whatever, move them forward. Now, that's in our today's structure. I'm not a fan of today's structure since I've started uh, in this new career of mine, and I've done a lot of studying and spoken to a lot of people. I, I kind of like the idea of moving people progressing them children young adults uh wherever their their skill level is so there's not a freshman sophomore junior senior i don't know what we'd call them and there's there's plans out there to do that that may be a better way so then these kids who are good at history are doing are being challenged because i think that's what charles was talking about these kids wouldn't be challenged if they repeat a grade because they can't read up to grade or they can't do math up to grade. Completely get it. That's why that other method would work. 
because now they're maybe they're sophomores or freshmen at, and they're in a senior level if we were to look at it that way history math science or whatever but then when it comes to reading they're at a lower level just some thoughts what are your thoughts 269-441-9595 you listen live with rank we'll be right back after this with bob you listen live with rank just move them on over Again, I think we need to seriously, obviously, look at what's in the best interest of the child. That's what I've always been promoting. It's unfortunate that the adults believe that the school system, the public corporate school system, is there for them, not the kids, at least first. They think it's first for them to have jobs, second for administration to be there, third for the state to be involved, and somewhere after that, the children Generally, not all the teachers, teachers who genuinely care. Let's go to Bob in Augusta. He has a thought about what we're talking about today. Good morning, Bob. Welcome. Thank you, Rank. My, you know, there's an old adage that says you can get statistics to prove anything that you want. So my, my question of that article is... Maybe they need to break it down by region, by school district, by county, whatever, because if you've got, you know, pick on Detroit, if if you've got where you have a large minority population, if you've got large numbers of those people that are that are being held back, but in the rest of the state, that's not occurring. It's it's occurring at no greater rate than it is for anybody else then there's a problem there and you need to address it there. It's not a statewide issue at that point. It becomes either a school district or region. And I suspect even in the Detroit area, there are huge variances between the amount of kids that are held back versus the throwing it all in an average for the whole state. True. And they don't discuss that in this article that I read. And I'd have to dig deeper into that. My concern is I thought that they were trying to make this a color issue, Uh, obviously, with the headline they put in there. And it may be factually true, but they don't address the headline or why they wrote that in the piece. So I wouldn't have so much a problem with the headline being a, um, a, a a. color provocative headline Uh, my problem is once you get into the piece they just talk about you know the mental harm they don't worry about the mental harm they did to the kids the last two years they worry about the mental harm that would happen to them moving forward or as we just discussed with that last gentleman what the issue may be when you're really good at other subjects but not good at one i completely get that concern so you know i i I, you know, I agree completely. It's there. I think the headline was written in such a way uh, or they wanted to show that this is what it is without actually coming out and saying so. Yeah, yeah. I think it was written for agenda purposes because I know the media and I've watched these people and I've read their stuff and I've studied them for years. There's no reason to write that headline and then not make any comment about it, uh, about why it is just throwing out these statistics that talk about black, Latino and white and not saying that white kids are being moved forward with the same grades. Because, yes, they would have a beef there. I would have a beef with that. 
Uh, certainly. Yep. But that's not what they say. All right, Bob. Thanks right. a lot for calling in. Appreciate that. Two six nine four four one nine five nine five. If you have a thought. Now this. A significant number of high school students in the United States experienced mental health issues during the COVID-19 pandemic, according to a survey, with many considering suicide, feeling a sense of hopelessness and insecurity, increasing addictions and suffering from abuses. We've been talking about that. And it didn't have to be all these politicians, Whitmer and the rest of them, Left, right, I don't care. Any of them who said that these schools should be closed past that first semester that, or I would call it the second semester in 2020, February, March, I get that. But come September of 2020, science said they should open. And any politician, any media person, any union, any teacher who supported staying closed, This all falls on them. If science hadn't said you should do the opposite of what you're doing, well, then it's just a situation that is uh, unfortunate. The online adolescent behaviors and experience survey was conducted by the Centers for Disease Control. So the CDC ran the study. It's not left or right. It never would be left. It's not right organization. It's a left, a far left-leaning organization, the CDC. From January to June of last year, they looked at about 8,000 students from 128 schools. Here's what the CDC found. 37.1% of students experienced poor mental health during the pandemic period. And this is because of those politicians the media people who demanded it, the teachers unions who demanded it, and the teachers who demanded, and the administration who demanded being closed. 37.1% of students experienced poor mental health. In the 12 months prior to the survey, 44.2% of the participants said they felt persistent feelings of hopelessness and sadness, meaning that year of 2020. According to the survey, 19.9% Seriously considered attempting suicide while 9% attempted it. 20% seriously considered attempting suicide, 9% attempted it. For students who had close relations at school, 28.4% reported poor mental health issues. Students who did not feel close to people at school, 45.2%. That is interesting, is it not? You would think that the kids who had close relationships at school would be worse off because those relationships were broken, at least on a one-to-one level. Now it all is through internet and social media. But no, 28% reported poor mental health issues. Those who had close relationships at schools, 45% reported poor mental health issues, even though they didn't have a close relationship with people at school. Kathleen Ether, director of CDC's Division of Adolescent and School Health, said, quote, school connectedness is a key to addressing youth adversities at all times, especially during times of severe disruptions. Yeah. 
One girl said she feels the instability of her freshman and sophomore years uh, years is yet to end. Quote, we're growing up through a pandemic and that's definitely affecting our development, end quote. Since the pandemic began, 55% of students suffered emotional abuse at the hands of a parent or another adult at home. 29% reported feeling insecure due to job losses because of their parents and, the, and these uh, governors shutting down the states. 22% were insecure due to personal job losses. 24% were insecure because of hunger. And uh, due to the pandemic, 66% of students found it difficult to complete their schoolwork. More, it goes, it's, just, it's just all bad. One in three students who used alcohol or drugs said they used these substances much more during the pandemic. This is all really, really, really bad. And it all could have been avoided. 269-4419. Well, I should say most of it, if not all of it, because sure, that semester, February, March, April, May, you know, I could see not going back to schools because we were just getting a handle on it about who it's harming the most and how it's reacting in the human body come like April and May. But come that fall, these kids should have been back in school. Dr. Fauci said it. Dr. Redfield from the CDC said it. Real doctors and scientists said it, not the ones who play it on TV, even if they have medical degrees. They all said it too. But they were all lying. Those are the ones on air. Again, here's Fauci back in 2004 talking about natural immunity, yet he's completely talking the opposite through this pandemic. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she if, not she get re- it? if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she day. doesn't need it because the, it, it's, the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back. Just alive with rank. Yeah, they really wanted to hurt him because they told him they were going to be hurt if they move forward with what they're doing. And they still did it. Talking about all of these, um, we, we need to move kids ahead because it'll hurt them emotionally if we held them back. Now, we do have to keep in mind, and it was a good point that one of you who called in brought up, is if they're really only bad in one pro, one subject... And they're doing, they're proficient in all the others. Is it detrimental to keep them back? That's a good point. One that should, you would think, be able to be addressed with tutors. Tutors that the Michigan Democrat Party is fighting against right now. Michigan, let Michigan, let MI Kids Learn, I think it is. Let MI Kids Learn.com, if I remember correctly. Is that group that's pushing that you who want to help future generations can donate to a cause and then that cause, that fund would go through this or those monies would go through this group that would then give it out to lower income kids to be used for tutoring, to be used for books, to be used for transportation if they're school of choice, to be used for technology and 
possibly to be used for private schooling. And the Democrats say no, 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 and no. It all has to be controlled by the state. So it's a good point, and we should uh, delineate that, that if the child is good and everything else, yeah, I can get that. So obviously, like many of the issues that we discuss on the Live with Rank show, or just in life, it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray in there. But if we don't hold people responsible, for instance, Joseph writes, Rank, we need to pay our individual debts. I pay mine. Someone said, it's not what your country can do for you. It's what you can do for your country. The strength of us as individuals, honesty, integrity, responsibility can only make us stronger. Don't the liberals all want us to pay our fair share? They don't want certain groups to pay their fair share. Ben writes, if we can never hold the person back for the lack of failure, then you can never break up with a person or relationship. That would hold them. Yeah, he's going down the path of if we go down what that University of Michigan researcher said, that if any boy, any man, woman, boy, girl rejected you when you asked to go out with them, that deeply hurt you for the rest of your life. And you could carry that for your entire life. So... I would assume Gabrielle would say everyone should never say no. The problem that we have is our our institutions are um, creating a bunch of um, what's what's the scientific word for it? Let me think. I think it's called uh, wussies. I think that's the scientific term. Here is a New York Times, former New York Times reporter, now a Washington Post reporter, Taylor Lorenzo, I think her name was, Lorenz, Taylor Lorenz, who has spent her life writing and ripping into people, exposing people on social media. She spent her life reporting, doing that. She was being interviewed the other day on MSNBC. And this is how that interview went down. Wow, these are all photos of your family members. Yeah, children. Yeah, they'll they'll threaten children. They'll threaten my parents. I've had to remove every single social tie. I had severe PTSD from this. I, I contemplated suicide. It got really bad. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the Internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating and terrifying it's horrifying i'm so sorry (laughs) it's overwhelming it's overwhelming i'm actually getting back what i put out and i don't like that that woman has targeted others through her own reporting and social media and even worse not even social media from the New York Times and others, The Atlantic, back in 2016, that woman, excuse me, that child outed a popular YouTuber for describing things he did not like as quote-unquote gay. And she attacked him and outed him in her paper, The Atlantic, she was writing for. Then she wrote for The Daily Beast about a group of Instagram influencer siblings 
who had not included their mother and their family photo posted on the platform. Their mother was a controversial right-wing figure who had previously been accused of being Islamophobic. So she outed them. That woman. And then when people come after her for her nastiness, I'm not saying they should because I get, I should show her some of my email. I should show her the worst email. I've told you guys this before. The You would think, well, I'm not going to say that. The worst email I've ever gotten in my life on any one subject were from teachers and teachers unions. Years ago when I was like, what? When I was just new to radio, I would, literally was a listener of talk radio. And then I took over the one-hour Battle Creek show and then built it to where we're at today. All I did was, what? You, you have to... You have to uh, Pay someone to work at a school? Isn't this America? I was mercilessly attacked. They called my children all kinds of names. We urinate, but they didn't use that word, on your children's graves. We And then it just went on and on and on. They sent emails to my wife trying to break us up saying I was seen with other women or with other uh, doing certain things that never happened. From people like her. So what I'm told is grow up, get over it, move on. Can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. So this woman, this young girl, she's actually an adult, but she acts like a young girl who did this to all these other people. Now get upset. She exposed people's families. Young that, that YouTuber she exposed 16 years old. That's what that woman did. And then she has the gall to come out and cry. Probably because she doesn't want to work for the rest of her life. And she'll sue somebody for severe PTSD. Try doing talk radio, honey. Three hours a day, five days a week. Two six nine four four one. In fact, before I move on, well, let me finish that. Two six nine four four one ninety five ninety five. Last last month, Project Veritas, I think it was, found a an award winning New York Times reporter. I think he's award winning, Matthew Rosenberg, and they were talking to him. And this guy was speaking at a bar. Probably he had a few drinks and he was loose. And they were talking about the, quote, January 6th stuff, end quote. Rosenberg, the New York Times reporter, said he was, quote, so over it at this point, end quote. And went on to describe his own experience covering its unrest at the scene. Quote, it was like me and two other colleagues who were there, who were outside and we were just having fun. I know I'm supposed to be traumatized, end quote. He went on to say, quote, these effing little dweebs who keep going on about their trauma. I'm like, guys, shut the F up. Effing bitches, end quote, is what Matthew Rosenberg was saying about all these people who said they were traumatized at January 6th. Quote, all these colleagues who were in the Capitol building and they're young and are like, oh, my God, it was so scary. I'm like, uh," you know, and then more swear words. 
Rosenberg went on to complain that the Times is, quote, not the kind of place I can tell someone to man up, but I kind of want to be like, dude, come on. You were not in any danger, end quote. Interesting, huh? Is that what you want to produce to be the next leaders in this country? We're in a lot of trouble if that's what you want. You're listening to the Live with Rank Song song show. I do appreciate that. Hey, you guys remember that Border Patrol agent issue with the whipping? That wasn't the whipping. And they're going to get down to the bottom of it. And they're going to get down to the bottom of it quickly. National Border Patrol Council President Brandon Judge told the Daily Caller News Foundation that the border agents accused of whipping, quote unquote, migrants in September were cleared of all criminal misconduct amid an ongoing investigation into the incident. You guys hearing that everywhere? Did you hear that on MSNBC or CNN or ABC or CBS or NBC or in any of the papers, Detroit News, Detroit Free Pass, Lansing State Journal, Bridge Magazine, Crane. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about that in the Washington Times, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, the Los Angeles Times, the Chicago Tribune, the Dallas Morning News? Did you hear that? That's, that's pretty big news, wouldn't you say? Judge said this, quote, the only reason that we know that they were cleared is because OPR, Office of Professional Responsibility, started their investigation and they compelled them to give a statement. Once you compel someone to give a statement, you can't take criminal action against them, end quote. So they won't even clear them. They won't even tell them officially. It sounds like what he's saying, but because of what they did means they were cleared. Very interesting, isn't it? Now, for those of you who don't believe that it's the Democrats that are purposely trying to increase our gas prices, or they're at least doing something that had given us these um, very high and back-breaking or wallet-breaking gas prices. And earlier I told you about these kids who said, we can't pay our student loans. It's been two years since we paid a red cent, but we can't pay anything because the economy Biden and the Democrats have brought us and the inflation that's here and the cost of energy and the cost of gasoline, the cost of food. I give you Nancy Pelosi. I think it was last Thursday or Friday. But... We cannot allow the fossil fuel industry to use this as an excuse to reverse everything we're doing to save the planet. One of the things I think that the president may say, I don't have this as a fact, is that we will use the um, Defense Production Act to speed up uh, diversification uh, so that we're not so dependent uh, on oil. We are doing... We won't let them reverse everything we are doing to save the planet. It's been pretty cold. Did you know it's been colder than normal recently? And again, I've always said all the bills of you, of all of you who uh, believe in global warming, just answer me one question. Would things be getting colder at times or at least the same? Can, can you give me that? 
what I mean by that is if global warming was happening like they're saying it's happening, would we have record-breaking cold days? Or would we have, I'm not even asking for warmer days, but just not record-breaking, 20 degrees below normal days, number one. Number two, how do we all know what Mother Earth believes is the actual temperature the Earth should be? Maybe it should be warmer. So I, I just found that very, uh, very interesting. I received an email from Tom. He says, Rank, you started today's show talking about Governor Whitmer and her failure to fix the roads. Well, it's actually, it was me talking about it, but it was the Detroit News editorial board who wrote that piece. And her failure to use federal money to fulfill her promise. Ask your listeners how they feel about this. Over the weekend, the Michigan legislature passed two bills intended to bolster voter integrity. Governor Whitmer vetoed both bills. Think about that. Now, I didn't see this, so I don't know what Tom's talking about. But he's a longtime listener, and I trust him. Well, but we'll use it. We'll, we'll go with this. Because she's vetoed, vetoed uh, voter integrity laws before. He goes on to say, well, I'm not surprised that Whitmer and the Democrats don't want voter integrity in Michigan. I am disappointed that Republican legislature seems to reluctant to try to override her veto. I am tired of the exercise or excuse me, the excuse that they don't have the votes to override. I want that vote to show citizens who voted yes or no. Without that vote, legislatures get a free pass to pretend they care or support a bill with the vote, we see those changes, their support, and who's in fact a rhino. When the, will the Republicans stand up for the alleged principles? Tom, you know, they don't have the votes to veto. So I don't know. I think what you're trying to say, you want a second vote? Is that what you're trying to say, Tom? Because right now they don't have the votes for a veto uh, proof. So you, they, can, they can keep voting till the cows come home. But they'll never have enough. But I, you may be saying run a second vote. And then from there, we'll find out that these Democrats voted against, once again, voter integrity. But we already have that vote, Tom. They've already voted no in the first case. And from a teacher, a different Tom. Rank, when I first started teaching in 2003, I brought into the idea, I bought into the idea that testing is bad. Then I had a few fellow teacher ask me one question that changed my mind on the issue. What is on the test the students should not know? Simple question, changed my outlook. That's right. What is on the test that the students should not know? Thanks for that, Tom. And Tom, appreciate that. Appreciate all of you guys for listening today. And those of you who called in or emailed to help with the content of this show, once again, thanks. You listen to Live with Rank, and I'll talk to you tomorrow at 9 a.m.